Welcome to another episode of the Dongfang Hour China Space Updates. I'm Jean Deville, joined as always by Blaine Curcio. In this episode, we're going to talk about the announcement of a new version of the Long March 8 rocket. But first, let's discuss how 2022 could be year one of the significant, if not massive, deployment of Chinese small satellites. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Dongfang Hour. Please make sure your seatbelt is securely fastened. Will 2022 be the year of the surge of Chinese small satellite manufacturing capabilities and therefore the dawn of Chinese mega constellations? While it may be a little bit too early to say because we're only 20 days into 2022, it seems that there have been some early signs that are supportive of that idea. And I guess the biggest news of the week was undoubtedly from Galaxy Space, the commercial satellite manufacturer headquartered in Beijing and focusing notably on building small sats for broadband communication applications. And in a video released on Chinese social media, they announced the completion of their small batch satellite production line, showing the rollout of six broadband Leo small sats from their factory, which are scheduled for launch in Q1 2022 on a long march 2c and these six satellites will form the small spider web constellation that's the name that they gave to it and these satellites will enable 30 minutes of uninterrupted connectivity to someone on the ground obviously in the correct um, orbital plane and this according to the galaxy space press release this is by no means a Starlink level of service, 30 minutes of uninterrupted connectivity. But I think this constellation here should be considered more as sort of a final test for Galaxy Space. The first one is, you know, as a small set manufacturer being able to produce satellites at their super factory in Nantong, Jiangsu at a low unit cost and in a short amount of time. And secondly, it's probably also a sort of a final verification test for broadband Leo satellite operations. And Galaxy Space in the past had already uh, been doing some similar kind of experiment. They had already launched a demonstration satellite previously, the Galaxy 1, back in early 2020. And they had built the associated QV band ground station. And they also had conducted quite a few tests, including the integration of the services coming from their satellite and with 5G networks on the ground. Now, at the Dongfang Hour, we doubt that Galaxy Space will operate their own broadband constellation in Leo, although this was the initial plan of the company. It's now pretty clear that this is probably too critical an infrastructure to be handled by a commercial company, at least in China. And therefore, it's going to be a state-owned company that goes by the name of China Satnet that was formed last year that will likely be the operator of China's broadband super constellation that goes by the name of Guowang and that's sometimes also just called China's answer to Starlink. Now, having said that, I would add that due to the structure of China's satnet, and this is something that we've mentioned several times on the Dongfang Hour, this company should be at the liberty of, you know, sourcing space hardware, satellite hardware, however it wants. And I think this is where Galaxy Space uh, with their super factory in Nantong could have a role to play. Now, Galaxy Space was not the only company with significant updates on small satellite manufacturing over the past week. There was also CGSTL, a remote sensing satellite operator and manufacturer, 
based in the northern city of Changchun. Those guys rolled out an additional 10 satellites out of their manufacturing base for the past week. And just for some quick context, CGSTL is a spin-off of the Changchun Institute of Optics and Fine Mechanics. They operate a remote sensing constellation called the Jilin-1, which can be considered more or less as China's equivalent of Planet Labs based in the U.S. CGSTL already operates 31 satellites that are in orbit, soon to be 41 with these 10 satellites that were just rolled out, and they plan to have their EO constellation reach 138 satellites over the next four years. And in the past, they also raised a record amount of money, I believe 2.46 billion RMB, about 300 million US dollars in just 2020 alone, and they have massive manufacturing facilities in Changchun. And finally, all in the same week, we also had another commercial small set manufacturer, Minospace, announce that they had rolled out and shipped five remote sensing small sats from their factory. And these satellites would serve maritime Earth observation applications as well as ship signal acquisition. I guess they're referring to um, AIS. And these satellites are scheduled to be launched in 2022. And so that's three pretty major announcements regarding small sat manufacturing capabilities in China in just you know just a very short period of time and when you put that together with sort of the uh, small set manufacturing projects that came to fruition in 2020. You know, G-Space starting batch manufacturing satellites in their factory since September 2021. KSIC, which has a satellite smart factory in Wuhan, in which theoretically is operational since March 2021. You also have ComSat that has significant manufacturing capabilities. You know, it could very well be that we see a significant jump in small set manufacturing in China in 2022. And of course, the associated deployment of such satellites slash constellations this year. So 2022, the year of the Chinese small sat, um, reality or fantasy, what, what are your thoughts on, on, on all of this, Blaine? Yeah, I agree. We're going to see a lot of small sats in 2022. I mean, we've seen several of these, uh, I think the phrase they like to use in China is super factory. Uh, we've seen several of these super factories um, that have really just kind of come out of nowhere. And just a couple of quick follow-on points to what you've just mentioned. So CGSTL, uh, with their plans to launch about another 100 satellites in the next four years, they also announced earlier this week plans to roughly double the size of their constellation within the next 10 years. So they're looking at nearly 300 satellites now. And, and I think getting back to your point, definitely I agree with your assessment about you know the slim chances for galaxy space having their own constellation. Um, that being said, I think it's been interesting to watch them pivot over this last year or so towards a more kind of general purpose satellite manufacturer. So if we recall, let's say three, four years ago, Galaxy Space was all about, you know, we're going to build a broadband constellation, connect everyone to the internet, all these things. And then a couple of years ago, it was more, we're going to build satellites for communication. We're going to build lots of communication equipment, 5G stations, this kind of thing. And now it's really more, we're going to build satellites, whether it's communication satellites or whether it's Earth observation satellites. And, and we're really kind of focusing on manufacturing of satellites. And, and again, this this kind of newish emphasis on Earth observation being something that I, I find interesting. And for our second piece of news of the week, we have what appears to be a new variant of the Long March 8. Going back to the two batches of satellites departing the factory that John mentioned earlier, that being MinoSpace and CGSTL, these two batches of satellites are bound for Hainan and more specifically for the Wanchang Space Launch Site, where they will be sent into orbit on a Long March 8 or what may be a Long March 8A in February of 2022 or possibly March. 
So that's going to be a pretty epic launch, and it would appear to be a launch that we saw the groundwork laid for in the end of September last year at the Zhuhai Air Show, where we saw contracts signed between China Great Wall Industries, CGWIC, a CASC subsidiary, and a number of commercial satellite manufacturers, notably SpaceCity, Ada Space, Guodian Gaoke, CGSTL, and also Minospace, for this February 22 rideshare launch. And I think all of this is indicative of a bigger trend in China, namely rideshare. So historically, China's traditional launch manufacturers, namely CALT and SAST, have built rockets primarily for the Chinese space program, and they've basically built the number of rockets necessary to conduct China's space activities as they, you know, as, as they are planned. And so when you think about it, there's not a whole lot of additional capacity available a lot of the time for commercial launches. But now, you know, China has these plans for large constellations, and they have short-term plans for a variety of smaller constellations. And so we're starting to see the traditional space sector significantly increase its launch capacity, while also seeing a lot of new launchers come into the market. And last year, as we reported, there were more than 40 launches by CASC, and this year it's going to be a similarly large number. And a lot of these launches are spoken for by national space missions or by other activities. But at the end of the day, there's still now a rather significant amount of excess capacity going into orbit on these Chinese rockets. And so here we are with this ride share for commercial satellite manufacturers as an appealing option. And so looking at the Long March 8 rocket specifically, and this is the specifications for the, the 8, not this potentially new 8A variant, um, but the Long March 8 with about 4.5 tons of payload capacity, 700 kilometers uh, altitude, and high levels of flexibility, it's a very good tool for deployment of ride chairs or batch launches of small satellites. And being relatively new and not particularly tied to any specific national mission, I think the Long March 8 may end up being this kind of commercial LEO workhorse uh, for CASC. And it would seem that China is planning to launch a lot of these Long March 8s in the future. So an interview that we covered at the Zhuhai Air Show last year with Xiao Yun, the chief designer of the Long March 8, he noted that China was considering a dedicated Long March 8 launch pad at Wanchang, and also noted that it was possible there would be a second dedicated Long March 8 launch pad at Wanchang, um, which could imply up to like 50 launches per year of the Long March 8. And such a large number of launches, obviously, you're going to have a lot more rideshare opportunities, um, and a lot more flexibility for China's commercial satellite manufacturers. And so now moving on to this other scoop of the week, this potentially new variant of the Long March 8. So the Long March 8 that we know of, which flew for the first time in December of 2020, is a two-stage rocket with two strap-on boosters. And it was also planned, or I guess it still is planned, uh, to be China's first reusable launch vehicle using VTVL technology, and with a key technology demonstration test for VTVL having initially been planned for 2021, but now having been pushed to 2022. And in initial renders of the Long March 8, the two strap-on boosters would land together with the first stage in this VTVL way. So this may be subject to change with the Long March 8 yeah, R, or the sort of the, the number two of the Long March 8, which is going to be launching all of these previously mentioned commercial satellites. Uh, it was just delivered to Hainan, and we saw in an official post from CASC on Weibo a couple days ago that it would be a different configuration of the Long March 8 with no strap-on boosters. And we don't have an official name for this rocket yet, but in a paper that was published by rocket manufacturer CALT back in February of last year, the company hinted at a Long March 8A as the name for a Long March 8 variant without the side boosters. And so another question remains, you know, will the reusable Long March 8 concern the Long March 8 as it is initially planned, or will it be a sort of Long March 8A without the side boosters? 
And at the end of the day, I mean, we're going to have to wait until this launch in February, March to find out. But uh, certainly it's a fascinating time to be keeping an eye on the Long March family of rockets. Uh, Sean, anything from your side on, uh, on the Long March 8 or uh, or Runchong? Or, or? Yeah, I just want to add a little something. Uh, so as, as you said just now, the named Long March 8A is not really official. We got that from this paper that Cal published in the Journal of Deep Space Exploration, I think in February 2021. And in this paper, they actually uh, they, they go into some uh, quite some in-depth description of the Long March 8. And they also mentioned that this rocket, uh, they explicitly mentioned that this rocket, one of the main tasks will be to launch commercial um, payloads. And so uh, it's really interesting to see that commercial here is explicitly mentioned. And uh, that probably suggests that we're going to see quite a few Long March 8 launches in the coming future. And that sort of joins your earlier point about the Long March 8 gaining momentum at the Hainan launch site. For sure. And I mean, it kind of reminds me of, uh, was it last year at China Space Day, where we really, we saw Cask and China Rocket starting to talk about the commercial companies as kind of this this market for them to address, as opposed to this annoyance or this kind of this thing that is not consistent mm. with the national team and all of this stuff. So, so really, I think, yeah, we're starting to see Cask or, or CALT or CGWIC or whomever it may be is waking up to this idea that, wow, there's a lot of commercial satellite manufacturers in China and the commercial launch vehicles up to this point, while impressive, are not the most reliable. And so there's a market for us to uh, to be launching these on, on a rideshare type of mission. So, um, yeah, definitely interesting times. Um that being said, uh, nothing else from my side, but a special shout out and good thanks to Taltech and Tepuranga Haramaya, both of whom bought us coffee over at buymeacoffee.com slash hour over these last handful of days. Also, a special shout out to our good friends at Go Taikonauts and SpaceWatch.Global, two excellent sources of space industry news. And with that being said, I am Blaine Curcio, joined as always by my co-host Jean Deville. If you've liked what you have seen or heard, do give us a subscribe or a like or a follow or a comment or any of those other nice things. And check out the newsletter at newsletter.com slash Newsletter Newsletter.dongfenghour.com. Something like that. Yeah, great. And uh, that being the case, we will see you next week. Thank you. See you next week.